It was really great to have Jill sharing her message with us last week. Uh, always nice to have a little bit of a break uh, from mine and Hans' faces, but, but sometimes just hearing someone else explain their kind of thought process and their perspective. Um, and sometimes just the examples they use and, and the language they use is, uh, is a really refreshing kind of change. Um, and I've been thinking about what she said quite a lot this week, this whole idea of inclusion and, and how do I operate in my life to make sure that, that I'm um, inclusive of all people. And obviously it's a journey that we've been on in the living room quite a lot, uh, for quite a long time now, um, of trying to work out how as a, as a kind of gathering of, of people who love God and want to follow him, how do we make sure we're as inclusive as possible? And I think there's so much about what Jill said that is really important for us to consider moving forward uh, because we really do want to be marked out as people who um, who stand up for uh, for people who maybe um, sometimes feel rejected or, or discounted from a relationship with God. Um, the question though that's been kind of buzzing around my head this week and I've kind of done a bit of reflecting on my life really um, and the question that's been buzzing around my head is this, how worried am I about what other people think? Sometimes this journey of trying to be inclusive, we hit stumbling blocks every now and then. Uh, uh, maybe a bit of fear kicks in as to what will other people think of uh, my actions or my attitude or my approach to these particular situations. Um, and I think that is one of the biggest challenges um, for us as, as people who want to pursue God and want to try and do what he's calling us to do, what he wants us to do and how he wants us to behave. Sometimes it's, it's quite hard and we're worried about what other people might think of us. When I think about the person of Jesus, what always inspires me, it never fails to inspire me, is how he would be so eager to connect with such a diverse range of people. His life is, as you read through the Gospels and read the stories of how he uh, connects with all sorts of different people, it was always so um, radical. It was always so different. And, and often the people who were standing uh, in objection to what he was doing and were struggling with what he was doing and what he was saying and how he was treating people weren't just the general people in society. They were the Pharisees and the experts in the religious law of the day. Those are the ones who struggled with it because his way of operating was challenging the status quo at the time. And when you, you look at his various encounters, and it's littered throughout the Gospels of, of how Jesus kind of approached and connected and, and ultimately loved people from all sorts of different situations, you'd see this kind of continuing thread of Jesus seeking out the people who'd been uh, rejected or were despised by society. Um, people who were labelled as sinners um, by the experts uh, of the religious law, uh, the religious folk of the day, the people who would, would label um, others as sinners. Those are the ones who, who struggled with, with Jesus' decisions and the way he would operate. And ultimately, you read throughout the Bible that, that his decisions to do those kind of things and to sit down and eat with tax collectors and, and sinners, um, that would lead ultimately to criticism. Um, Jesus talks in, um, in Luke 7 verse 34. He's talking um, 
to a group of, of, uh, of people about this very thing, about how actually um, sometimes when Jesus will, will go and sit down with tax collectors and, and sinners, as they keep pointing out um, in, this, in these passages, um, he's addressing this issue. And this is what he says. Um, the son of man came eating and drinking and you say, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. He's highlighting the fact that because he's chosen to uh, step out and connect with those kind of people that he's then tarred with the brush of, well, you're a glutton and a drunkard because you're, you're eating and drinking with these types of people. And it's quite interesting as, as you kind of try and read into how people have explained some of these passages in the Bible. Um, it's not always a great journey to Google something and find out what the people think. Um, sometimes you come across some slightly, um, some slightly concerning things. Um, and if you try and explain some of Jesus' behaviour, I, I came across one that really didn't sit quite right with me. And it said this, um, it, it talked about how um, there seems to be a point of view that suggests that Jesus' behaviour... Um, as he kind of reached out to, to those people who rejected, those sinners or those tax collectors, and he was described as a friend of sinners. There's some, there's a kind of school of thought that says it's, it's not right to say that Jesus was a friend of sinners because he was never actually a friend of theirs. Um, because if he was a friend, that would mean that he was potentially condoning um, their way of behaving. So there is this school of thought that's suggesting that we shouldn't kind of turn the character of Jesus into someone who was fine spending time with these people, that, that he would spend time with them, but they were never his friends. Uh, and I, I kind of read it and I thought, man, is this, is this what people really think? Is this how people really read the life of Jesus? And for me, it didn't sit right with me. If, if Jesus is the picture of God, of who God is, and God is love, then if we understand that God then loves everyone, then why wouldn't Jesus want to go and spend time with them? Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? If, if he is a picture of who God is, why wouldn't he want to go and spend time with those people? Another common thought process about trying to understand Jesus' behaviour, and I think if I'm really honest, I probably grew up with a, an understanding that, that kind of aligns with this, um, and I don't think I was ever told it. I think sometimes just the way people talk about Jesus and people sometimes suggests certain kind of themes and directions that maybe we, we take in our thinking. And I would say for me, the suggestion that I grew up with is that Jesus, when he went to sit with tax collectors and sinners, lowered himself to spend time with sinners. All that he was so gracious that he was happy to apply grace to them and spend time with them. That he was so humble that he would take pity on those kind of characters. That, that he was amazing and they were undeserving um, and he would lower himself um, to be happy to hang out with the rejects. And the problem is... The more I sit with these kind of um, stories of Jesus in the Bible and some of that kind of thinking, it just doesn't sit right. It just doesn't feel right. 
And I, I kind of think now, when I look at it through, through my experiences over the last few years, I think we're doing Jesus and God quite a big um, injustice by having that point of view. That it, to, to me, what if he actually just loved people? What if he just wanted to spend time with them? What if actually Jesus just enjoyed their company? That it wasn't about this criteria of I know that you're not you're not as good as me and that you're not deserving of my time. Um, what if he just really loved them and saw them as um, God's children and saw them as people that God loved? And as a result, he just loved them and enjoyed spending time with them. And I think the key thing is this. Jesus's perspective I personally think, as I look at him and look at the way he operated all the time, I don't think Jesus saw himself as better than anyone else. That, that his life was clearly um, all about serving other people, regardless of religion, race, rank or gender, everyone was treated equally. And that's not some kind of, um, it wasn't about kind of pity or, or humbling himself or or um, lowering himself to spend time with those kind of people. They were just God's children who he loved. And he loved spending time with them. And, and to me, that, that changes the whole dynamic of, of how it works. Jill talked last week about the difference between tolerance and inclusion. And uh, Jesus as a person embodied inclusion. He sat and ate with tax collectors and those considered sinners. So the people who weren't living according to uh, the religious law. He would sit and eat with them. Now it wasn't just a kind of extended small talk at the corner of the street uh, as you kind of bumped into someone. To sit and eat with someone is a kind of suggestion of an investment in a relationship. And for me... I don't feel comfortable anymore thinking of Jesus as a person who was kind of happy just to kind of reach out to uh, to the, the people that society didn't like. I think he just loved them and wanted to spend time with them. So when I start thinking about his attitude and the way he worked, when I think back on my life and I ask myself that key question, how worried am I about what other people think? The sad reality, if I'm really honest with you, is that I used to feel so concerned about what other people think that I would, I would stay silent on certain issues. That I wouldn't want to rock the boat because I wouldn't want to be, um, wouldn't want to get into trouble or be uh, be labelled as something. And as a result, I'd sometimes distance myself from association with particular viewpoints or, or standpoints on stuff. And uh, I don't, that I look back and I just think the reason I did it was because I genuinely was scared and more worried about what people thought of me and me not being blacklisted um, or not kind of uh, being someone who's got kind of um, radical think radical ideas or, or is a little bit kind of liberal in the way that I think. As a result, I, 
I just stayed quiet on that stuff. And I think stepping out and deciding to do the living room a few years ago, it kind of forced us into a situation. So who do we actually want to be? Um, and how do we want this to work? And who do we want to be able to reach out and connect to? And, and love and, and maybe what are some of the barriers that are in the way of connecting with those people and how can we remove some of those things so for me this whole idea of being scared about what other people think I've been on a, a massive journey of challenging myself to no longer fear or worry um, what people think and what people might say because I feel like I know what I'm here to do and I know who I'm here to to stand up for and, and stand with. And when I think about the person of Jesus, I, the amazing thing with him is Jesus didn't allow the opinions of others to change his approach to people. He never allowed their opinions to influence whether he would step in or, or, or kind of stand up for someone or, or care for someone. He would always do what was right. And I suppose, in essence, what we know from his life is the right thing is always the right thing to do. And I can't ignore, when I think about how I'm going to do my, my, when I think about how I'm going to do my life, I can't ignore the life of Jesus and his ethic of love. And if we want to emulate that way, his way, then we have to be prepared to not worry and not be scared of the views and opinions of other people. And as Jesus's life shows, that approach can lead to judgment. It can lead to rejection. It can lead to accusations, just as we saw in, in the life of Jesus. And sadly, that's still the case today. You will still get labelled something if you stand up for a particular people group. Um, and actually, we've seen a big change, I suppose, in a lot of ways with how public the Black Lives Matter movement, um, the, the, that kind of campaign has, has gone. Um, but even with that, sometimes people have, have got defensive about people standing up for that issue. I've, I've started to try and find uh, loopholes that make them feel uncomfortable about it. But the fact is, um, we need to stand up for, for those people. We need to. Um, act in a way that, that clearly shows that we think that their lives matter um, and we've got to right the wrongs of, of what has happened um, and what still happens in our society today. So we know that there'll be criticism, that there can be rejection and that there can be kind of accusations but Ultimately, it comes down to us being honest with ourselves and asking ourselves the question, what is most important um, in, in the way we're doing stuff? Why are we doing this? Is it um, so that we can present well in the eyes of other people and be accepted by people around us and fit in? Or are we actually trying to follow in the footsteps of Jesus? Sometimes it can be the easiest thing to go for the option where we fit in and where we're accepted and where um, sometimes we're praised for our, our stance and our approach or our silence on particular things. But actually, choosing to follow in the footsteps of Jesus is way more challenging. But if that's 
who God wants us to be, and I wholeheartedly believe he does, then we've got to take that tricky path and decide to stand up for the things that we know are right and include those people who maybe don't feel included. So this week, I want you to spend a little bit of time kind of pondering that question. How worried are you about what people think? And maybe chat to God about it. Ask him to begin to do some work in each of our lives to kind of help us to build our confidence um, and build our connection with him so that we don't worry as much about what people think and that we can be people who are brave and stand in the gap uh, for those who maybe uh, often feel forgotten or rejected um, or, or discounted from the option of being connected to God. Let's pray. Father God, I pray you'd be with us this week as we um, go about our daily lives. I pray that you would uh, guide us uh, in the things that we, we do and say, and that God, you'd help us to be people who are more and more kind of considerate, caring, compassionate, um, and stepping, uh, stepping out and, and looking out for the people who um, maybe are struggling uh, and really need to know that, that you love them and that you are there for them. So God, help us to, um, to really hear your voice and uh, respond to what you want us to do. Amen. So thank you guys. Um, nice to uh, be back again. Uh, hope you have a good week and uh, look forward to seeing you again next week. Take care.